to Truth in Texas Banking. I'm LaVonda Renfro, and today on the podcast, I have the special pleasure of welcoming Kelly and Daniel Crawford to talk about their organization, Able Speaks. Able Speaks was born out of an experience and exists to walk with parents who have chosen to carry a child with life-limiting diagnosis. Every child's life can be beautiful and meaningful, no matter the length. On this road where you never thought you'd find yourself, you are not alone. Able Speaks is here to walk with you. We often talk about people with a purpose. On this podcast, you'll be listening to things that you maybe don't want to hear all the time. What a wonderful couple that brings about the awareness of how having a child with life-limiting diagnosis can have joy as well as sorrow. Welcome, Kelly and Daniel Crawford. You guys have touched my heart so amazingly. So I just wanted to find out, I guess, you know, tell us what Able Speaks is for you and why you started it. Start with just how we got started. Tell a little bit about our story. Um, and then you guys are welcome to ask any questions. So okay. no, thank no you. Questions, nothing is going to offend us. Um, we love talking about Abel and um, the ways that the Lord has like, used his life. So freedom to ask all the things. Thank but, you. Yeah. So we got pregnant with Abel in the summer of 2015. And so he was our first baby and we wanted to find out gender. Uh, we are people of little patience. And so <laughs> we decided to do the blood work at 10 weeks to find out gender. And a couple of weeks later, um, we got a call from our OB and she said, you guys are having a little boy, um, but he has uh, tested high risk for trisomy 18. Okay. So I said, okay, what does that mean? And she said, I don't know a lot about the diagnosis, but what I do know is if the diagnosis holds true, he's considered incompatible with life. And I said, okay. Um, and, you know, I asked a lot of questions. How does the test work? How accurate is it? All of these things. And, and she didn't have a lot of information and just said, you'll need to see a maternal fetal medicine specialist and um, they can give you more, more information. And so about a week later, we went to the maternal fetal medicine specialist and he did an ultrasound and said, I'm 99% sure your son has trisomy 18 based on what I see on ultrasound and you guys can terminate the pregnancy and try for a better one. That was really the first time that we knew um, not everybody was going to value our son Abel's life in the same way that we did. And um, we quickly found a new specialist who really did value um, our wishes as Abel's parents and the ways that we wanted to continue the pregnancy, steward his life during the pregnancy. And that specialist really played a huge role in our story. Uh, he was one of the first people that encouraged us to celebrate Abel's life in the womb and that he was alive that day and that it, that was worth celebrating and that his life had meaning. And so we, you know, decided to, um, to follow that advice. One day at a time, the mundane moments of life, we really just started trying to make the most of those. We documented everything we did with Abel during the pregnancy, whether that was Abel's first movie or the first time he had ice cream or the first time he went to a park near our house, whatever it was, we right. documented that time. And that was really just for our benefit. Um, obviously, he didn't care, but um, <laughs> stay like present and in the moment day. And so um, 
that was a gift to us. And Daniel was on staff at our church at the time. And so we were really cared for and supported by our community and people that we were already um, friends with. And then tons of people, you know, rallied around us that we had loose connections with and just really encouraged us, supported us, challenged us in our faith uh, during that season and and loved us really well. And so we ended up carrying Abel for 39 weeks and we had him on January 22nd, 2016. And then uh, we got to spend 15 days with him outside of the womb. And so we always say those are the best and hardest 15 days of our lives. It felt like two years went by in uh, two weeks, you know, Um, but getting to know what he looked like, getting to hear him cry, getting to give him a bath, doing all the things that parents want to do uh, with our children. Uh, at birth, we got we got to do a lot of those things, and we were told that you know we might get a, a few hours with him after delivery, and so fifteen days felt felt like a huge gift to us. Right, so, right, and yeah, we we look back on Abel's life um, as a gift, and we look back on that time with like very few regrets. We didn't walk the road perfectly, but really felt like we did the best we could with the information that we had, and. And so really that's our hope for every family that we get to walk with is just that they will, you know, cherish their child's life and have hope in the midst of sorrow and, and suffering. And so that's kind of how our story unfolded with Abel and then how Abel Speaks came to be really is every, like about four months after Abel passed away, we um, had a friend of a friend reach out and say, Hey, I know you guys were pretty open with your story would you be willing to connect with another family I know that has received a life-limiting diagnosis? And so we said, sure, you know, we, we'd love to. We thought that was just the way that we would continue to steward Abel's life and, and parent him ultimately. And so we met with that family. And then about three or four months later, we got a similar phone call and then got another phone call and it just kind of kept coming. And so we kept saying yes. And through our journey with Abel and then through the walking with all of those families, we just saw a lot of gaps in care and support for families. And so whether that's like on the medical side or maritally, or how do we steward our older kids through grief or, you know, our friends and family want to be supportive, but they don't know what to do or they don't know what to say and a million other other things that come up in this journey. um, There's just not a lot of resources. And so like if we established a nonprofit, we could fill in some of those gaps in a whole, more holistic way than, than what we had been. And so what would have been Abel's second birthday, January of 2018, we formally established Abel Speaks. And um, even then we thought, oh, it'll just be maybe 10 families a year in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We did not have these like lofty goals of, of growing or expanding. But in the summer of like 2019, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, either we have to go all in uh, as a family and, you know, was going to need to leave his job or we were going to really need to pass the ministry off to someone else who had more time and capacity. So uh, Daniel ended up leaving his job and um, we both kind of went all in on the ministry. And and then, yeah, here we are today. Um, we've served 370 families and wow. uh, every U.S. state 
uh, eight different countries. And um, yeah, the Lord's grown it in ways that we could have never imagined or expected. We have four other employees and um, yeah, this is what we do full time and the way that we get to use our life. So uh, we serve families who receive a life-limiting diagnosis during pregnancy. And and our hope is that they can cherish their child's life and and have hope in the midst of sorrow and really be able to see um, their story from a redemptive perspective. Right, right. We lovingly give to your organization and love doing that. I was looking at it recently. It's funny when you, uh, when we give out money, I'll start looking around. I was like, where, what are we giving to and want to make sure what we're doing? And I'll start looking at things. And one of the things that really caught my eye was that so you don't have to walk alone. Because I do think, unfortunately, you know, you found a purpose with Abel's life that he was given. But people have to walk, some people have to walk alone. And that's that's scary. And so I think what you did not only did you honor Abel, but you helped take some of the scaredness out of it. I guess a better way to that you're not alone in this. This is this happened. So talk talk a little bit about when you first started, what you like you said, you know what the prognosis was and when they told you not much about it. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, on the one hand, when you're talking about likely limited time and having to to say goodbye to your child and experience the death of a child, the the weight and the significance of that in and of itself, I, you know, I don't have to explain how that looms large. Right. Um, but then you're left kind of with this season of the between now and as the story is still being written, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But if that is the end that that does come in whatever timetable, you know, it could come sooner than later, but it might be weeks, months, years and so all of these unknowns are just hanging over your head. Right. And that can be some of, you know, as you had said, some of uh, the most fear-inducing, intimidating, scary parts is, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what questions I should be asking. I don't know what I need to be mentally, emotionally preparing for or when. And so in the absence of that information, it's an incredibly vulnerable place. And yeah. Um, when we're in that position of vulnerability, of helplessness, powerlessness, there can be a huge human temptation to just withdraw and isolate, get through it. And so that's something that from our earliest days, you know, Kelly has been very passionate about and we've continued to keep just at, at the at the forefront of the ministry is, is being rooted in relationships mm-hmm. um, because that ultimately is the kind of support that impacts and really changes people's stories even right. if it change the ultimate outcomes of these stories mm-hmm. of our, our children's lives on earth how we experience our children's lives in these stories as they're playing out how we reflect upon them there's a massive spectrum of, of right. what that experience can be like and so i agree with what you had said of just even the intangible sense of uh, i'm not alone in this I'm not the first parent to walk through something like this. I might be the first parent in my world that I've heard of that has gotten diagnosis like this, but many, many thousands have walked before me. Many thousands will come after me. And so that's not to minimize or invalidate the weight and the significance of each individual story. um, One is different. No two are exactly the same, but that, that community, that, that club of, of people 
that you'd never want to sign up for and that nobody raised their hand to volunteer for, but right. where it can be a place where some really beautiful and really powerful connections uh, and relationships can be fostered and built. And so that really, you know, from before day one has been a passion and, and a privilege of what we get to do. And so I'm, I'm glad that that stood out to you as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, my my 22 year old son just started a brand new job, and coworker went through something similar when he started. Right, and he had called me and said, "What does this mean? What what do they mean that their baby's not going to have a long life?" And I, you know, having to explain that to someone that that you know he had never heard of that before, he had that not been his world. And I think that unfortunately, you know, having to go through that, it does make that person go, "Hey, there is." Faith will help them through it, but all I can all I can do is offer support and prayer for that those people that he went through it with. But it, it did have eye opening to him that life is not perfect. Life is kind of messy sometimes, and all you have is is faith. And I think some things happens to some people sometimes because it, it God puts them in a way to say, "Hey, you can do more for somebody else by you knowing this." Even though I hate that he had to know that at twenty two. Right. So I think that one of the things, the vocabulary that you put in there, just the terms, because when someone talks about certain things too, just helping them, because to your point, Kelly, you went to someone and it's just like, I never heard of this before. You, you wouldn't even know what to go with and to have those resources. As you guys honor Abel and, and his life going forward and just honor him and, and with other families, what is your hope? for your organization? How do, how do you want to make sure that you're able to build those relationships? You're not just out there going, oh, here, I'm here if you need me, but building those relationships and growing so people don't feel alone. How do you let people know about it? Really, Able Speaks grew by word of mouth. And yeah. so um, a lot of that, when we first started, I felt really strongly of like, hey, I don't care about the numbers per se. Um, I just want to make sure that we provide the best quality support that we can with the resources that we have at the time. And so it has evolved over time, but you know, everything that we provide families now are things that people did for us um, during our pregnancy with Abel, his life and passing that uh, we didn't even really know that we needed at the time. And so um, we really do want to provide tangible support and resources. And so some of that looks like we provide a mentor couple for every family. So that's the, you know, the relational dynamic. Um, and then we do tons of different keepsakes to celebrate the baby, keep their story alive and just let their parents know that they're not forgotten. Um, we do maternity photos, birth photography, all of those sorts of things. We help families plan celebration of life services. But ultimately, you know, we want to share with people. I think families in this situation, um, the way that the information is presented to them typically is in a really negative light, which this right. is very important, obviously, but ultimately we want people to feel permission to celebrate their child, even if their life is going to look a lot different than they had planned or expected. Mm-hmm. And what that does in a parent is um, significant just because they then feel like, okay, I can have joy in this life. Every life has value. And so really like presenting a new category for them of like, hey, we can celebrate the life that we that is given. We can honor them. You know, we just get to remind people that they were created with intention and purpose. 
by a creator who's good. And so, so that's really like, I would say a paradigm shift that we get right. to participate yeah. with families. And so that's the, you know, the bigger piece. And then as people walk through the Valley, no matter what the suffering is, they're asking the big questions of life. Right. And so we get to navigate that with them and point them to truth and, uh, and remind them of truth. Um, as as they're navigating what they believe, why they believe it, and how they're going to live that out. And so um, that is a big part of the support that we get the privilege of um, participating in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a paradigm shift that's rooted in a paradox in a lot of ways, which is we like to categorize things in life of like, this is good, this is happy, this is positive, or this is sad and negative and and painful. And I think that presenting a blend and an intermingling of the two and showing people that it really can be both at the same time in a way that is hard to explain. Um, But that I think is, as we have tried to be faithful in sharing our story and Abel's story, but as we've seen it now in hundreds of other families, they get to experience and walk in that similar paradox that I think is just is powerful and it it is it is hope inducing in ways for people that just got the news and you know their ears are still ringing from the bomb going off and they don't know which way is up of okay there are other people who have like experienced this survived this and they're even able to talk about their story and their journey and their child and you know there might be tears involved but there's also smiles and there's also Um, it is, un, as Kelly said, uh, undeniably, it's the hardest, most painful thing any anybody, any parent can walk through. But it's not only painful and hard, it's also um, sweet and joyful and meaningful and significant. And so it is often posed as just the former. And we like to show, you know, we don't try and tie a bow on anything or sprint right. lining or downplay that aspect of things. But we like to pair that with the beauty, the redemption that that comes with moving forward in these stories and choosing to cherish our children and choosing to continue these pregnancies. So, yeah, that's a, a beautiful way both of you have expressed, you know, that to honor that, you know, none of us are promised each, uh, you know, tomorrow's not promised for any of us. Right. And and even though it may be a little bit different when you have that, you know, of what's going to happen. I think that that's a little bit different than not knowing, but the way you honor that life is really important. And thank you both and your, and your families for doing that. I want to ask you, because it's really important that, you know, to keep this going, you know, how do, how do people get involved and how do they support April speaks to, to keep honoring those children? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and to, you know, to share with y'all how encouraging, you know, this has been of, you know, y'all have been involved and partnered and supported us in a financial support giving capacity. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. And so we're entirely funded by, you know, the generosity of individual donors. And so that's certainly a practical way. And, you know, beyond that, uh, just raising awareness is so significant and and to know all of the things that you had shared earlier about even what you said about your son of just like i I didn't even know this stuff 
happened. I've never heard of this before. So with more people in more places, if they do come across uh, a friend or loved one or a coworker who gets a diagnosis like this, it's like, why do I, where have I heard about this before? And then they at least know that there is an organization that specifically exists with a very specific niche to, to step in and to meet and walk with families in this situation. And so even just spreading the word and spreading awareness of what we're doing and that, it, you know, there are options, there are resources, there is support available. It's probably not going to be presented to them in their doctor's office, unfortunately, but they're, we're, we're out here, you know, and it's our yeah. joy and our privilege and, and our calling to, to come alongside families in any, in every way we can. And so, so yeah, raising uh, financial support, raising awareness is something that, that anybody anywhere can do in relation to, to Able Speaks. And so that's what comes to mind first. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like tangible other things, uh, we connect families with medical providers that do want to walk with them through this journey. Okay. That's so good. If there are any medical professionals yeah. that um, are interested in, in that, then we'd love to add them to our database. And um, we refer families to them and, and they refer families to us. Um, and so that's another practical way. And then, as I said earlier, we provide families with maternity photos and birth photography. And that's a service that is a volunteer role within the ministry. And so if there are any photographers that want to participate in that, then um, that's another way that people can um, be involved with. Well, I love that. That's, I mean, so there's lots of different ways to, to be involved and in to, in to keep this organization alive and well. I think that one of the things I heard earlier is, you know, I, I keep going back to it because when, when I hear both of you speak, what I hear is just love, right? Just, you know, love, love what you have, love what you don't look at always what's, you know, I love Daniel. I think you said, I don't, we don't put a bow on it, but there is happiness in this journey as well as sorrow. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us in anything we do in this life to remember. So thank you for saying that really means a lot to me as well. I was going to say to that point, something that I think became really true for us as we were navigating our pregnancy with Abel was really like the gospel came alive in a way that we had never really experienced before. I think to the extent of like just having a better understanding of the intermingling of joy and sorrow from like, man, like Christ had to die so that we could be in relationship with the Lord. And so like, you know, there's a good Friday first before Easter Sunday. And so, and that's really what, um, I think the families that we serve, they're sitting in that tension all the time. And so, and there is tension there, but we can still have a lot of joy, a lot of love and a lot of happiness in the midst of circumstances that are outside of our control and that we wish were different. Even the fact that we call it Good Friday in reference to the crucifixion, you know, we're sitting here 2000 years later. Mm-hmm. seeing all that has come through that most horrendous and painful things. And, you know, I, I don't think they were calling it Good Friday at the time on right. Friday, Saturday. So, yeah, that's certainly uh, another, you know, another aspect and another privilege that, that we have to share from our own story and to put in front of people. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, you two, you're doing something special. Thank you. 
for doing that. But I may cry. <laughs> but uh, I really appreciate it. I think one of the things that, I, like I said, I wanted to just bring awareness about this because, you know, it really is powerful. And, and I love the, I, I especially love the way you said, Kelly, honoring Abel's life, no matter how long it is. Uh, thank you for, for sharing that. I'm really, thank you so much. I don't know really what else to say about it. I'm touched. <laughs>